Welcome to Lifestyle Club, the podcast. For those who may be new to listening, we are Helen Drury and Maggie Devine Inman. We're both wives of former professional footballers, and together we have created a community for the wives and partners of current and former professional footballers. The reason we created our very own podcast was to give a voice to this community of mostly women. So often we hear the football story from a player's perspective, but on our podcast, we hear from the partner, a player's closest support system. Our guests give us a peek behind the curtain, sharing their stories and giving an insight into their life in football, tackling a range of subjects from mental health, supporting their partner to breaking down stereotypes. Losing a professional career through injury is devastating to any player and their family, especially when it's through medical negligence. Today's guest on this episode of Lifestyle Club, the podcast, is our member, Charlotte Fryatt, whose husband, Maddie Fryatt, was a former professional footballer for clubs such as Leicester, Hull, and Nottingham Forest. Sadly, toward the end of Maddie's career, he suffered from an untreated Achilles injury. Maddie accused his former club of negligence and pressuring him into playing on through the agony of his injury that was left untreated and ultimately ended his career. The striker had to retire at the age of 31 back in 2018. Charlotte, his lovely wife, who has said her husband's mental health has been affected by the experience, came on our podcast today to share her thoughts on the effect these situations have on footballers' families and who they turned to for help and support. Also joining in on our conversation is Barrington Atkins, a sports disputes lawyer at leading firm Stewart's and an all-round good guy who represented Matty and Charlotte in its successful claim against Matty's former club, which he eventually settled out of court as well as explaining why he advised Matty and Charlotte to take legal action against Matty's former club and what a player and their partner can do with a, when a situation like this arises. Barrington also talks to us about his thoughts on medical negligence, as well as the huge impact on a player mentally, which can be just as damaging as the injury itself. Both Charlotte and Barrington hope this case will continue to raise awareness for player welfare and the duty of care owed by medical practitioners to footballers. If you have any questions regarding this topic, our DMs are always open and Barrington is more than happy to speak to any wives, partners, and players who want to speak to him. This was such an important story to share. So often people don't realize what goes on behind the scenes in the so-called beautiful game. We believe that this podcast will make such an impact on our community just to have a little bit more knowledge on what to do if you're in this situation. We loved having Barrington and Charlotte on and feel really lucky that they shared their stories with us. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we did. Welcome to our podcast, Charlotte and Barrington. It's lovely to have you on today. So our first question is uh, for you, Charlotte. Before Maddie's initial Achilles injury back in 2015, what was life in football like for you? It was incredible. We, you know, as a family, uh, we enjoyed going to watch him, both my parents, Matthew's parents, the children. Um, incredibly special moments, really. Um, we were a busy family. I was, uh, you know, at the time, um, you know, with young children and looking after the children and looking after Matthew. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, looking back now, it was a whirlwind. I don't think you appreciate it as much when you're living it because it's so incredibly busy and like I say it's a whirlwind of you know from one game to the next um you know that's how it goes really but um just before Matt's injury we'd um, moved back from Hull because we'd traveled away from home we were living in Hull because Matt played for Hull um so we'd then moved back to home because it was an incredibly difficult time 
for me personally being away from home um, and not having any friends or family around and um, so we just moved back to home for us so that, that was a positive before the injury um yeah that's definitely like a familiar story because I, I know myself you you're right it is like a bit of a whirlwind you get swept into that whole football lifestyle and it's it's um you're just on a that constant treadmill of of there going training and they've got games and it's home games away games and you're so right I must admit I don't think um I'm not a huge football fan myself besides like even though I was with my husband for his whole career but I do now think oh gosh I really wish I'd watched it a bit more because you don't I don't think you realize when you're in it how amazing it is doing that dream job and um you know, it's, yeah, it's a very special thing to be part of, but as, as with anything in life, you don't always appreciate something while you're in it. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, it was always, I was like, oh no, when's he, you know, away games. I used to have real bad anxiety about away games and being left on my own with the children. And especially when we weren't um, near any family and friends, you know, that was another thing. I used to dread away games. Home games were lovely because our family was there to support as well. So that they came to home games. But yeah, when we were living away, um, away games and I was left on my own in a strange place, not knowing anybody, I found incredibly difficult. Yeah, it's quite lonely, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. we can all definitely relate to that. So we Maggie, Maggie spoke about um, Matty's horrible injury that he had to eventually retire from. But I know the times that my husband got injured during his playing career and, and even friends of mine in football that have shared their experiences that um, often when a player is recovering from a serious injury, it can become all consuming. Their sights are so set on getting back to full fitness and that's all they can think about that sometimes even like family time no longer becomes a priority for them because it's all about focusing on the injury and getting back to full fitness. Um, Matty has previously mentioned um, that during his struggles when he was injured, he became a shadow of his former self and was quite hard to live with at times. What was that whole time like for you? And were you aware of the full extent of how low he was feeling? Absolutely. Um, I think you take on board your partner's emotions as a couple. And yes, absolutely. I was I was aware of how he was feeling. Um, you know, I just had a baby myself and my baby number four. So, um, you know... I think I suffered it with him. I think it was a, a really difficult time and, and incredibly crushing to, to to feel how he was feeling and to see him, a shadow of, him, of his former self, you know, and, and not really being able to do much to help. Uh, you know, it's a situation that's sort of out of your hands as to whether this injury was, he was going to recover from or not, um, as the case may be. And... Uh, you know we we did little things to try and lift his spirits but ultimately it was you know a case of his his present he you know at, at family events or he's in the room but we always say it was like he wasn't because he was just so distant he just was not how he was um mm. very inward and it's a difficult it was just very very difficult and, and really hard to go through and to see somebody you love suffering it was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And years ago, there was hardly any consideration for like the kind of psychological damage inflicted on players who were injured from their, from like your experience, like you're talking about it. Do you think that clubs now recognize it a bit more? I would like to hope so. I yeah. think if you have hope, <laughs> that's a great thing. But I, 
I really hope that from this and for, for any other players that are unfortunate enough to suffer injury or career-ending injury, that there is that support system. You know, these welfare officers need to be implemented in all clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost think it should be a legal requirement because not only just for players with injuries, obviously that's a huge part for us and a, a real personal thing that we would love to see, but I would love to see it for you know obviously we've moved away from home I I would like to see a person that's there to be with families to help with children to tell you oh this this school that school we can recommend this um there's a huge gap for me that wasn't filled when we were in the game Mm. that I think needs to be filled and we we all know you know mental health is a huge thing it's it's there's more awareness of it nowadays but psychological health I I honestly believe they're intertwined to to your physical health and I think if players are in a great state of mind their families are all in a great state of mind it all follows you onto the pitch and I think it's a really really important thing that needs to be addressed and I hope it is addressed Mm. because for me it it was a huge gap that that, that wasn't filled that, that we've experienced and I, I wouldn't want anyone else to, to even just the loneliness, um, putting the, the injuries aside of, of moving to a new place, not knowing anybody. Uh, and there was just, just to have somebody perhaps that, that's there to speak to on the phone and, or, you know, to, to help settle you in. I, I, it wasn't there for me at any of the clubs we went to. Um, and I think it should be. And then obviously, of course, the important part with the injuries, even just injuries to know how it feels to be left out of the team and 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 that sort of uh, the frustrations there as well even if you know you're going to recover in a few weeks time that you still have that feeling of being out of things and not being part of it and I just think it, it needs it really should be looked into as to how we can help these these players and their families. Yeah absolutely and I think each club has a different way of Having like having that sense of support. I mean, I presume the higher up the leagues you go, there is more people, there's more hands on deck, there's a bigger welfare team. And we've met a lot of them ourselves. So we do understand there is some really good um player liaisons and 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 player care um out there, but it definitely doesn't apply to every club. And and also mm. it it also sometimes depends on how a player feels that they can speak to a club and a and a partner, like. I know when my husband played, he probably would never have gone to um, even a welfare officer probably to say if he was feeling low because you could don't, there's a a level of trust in football of what gets back to the manager. Um, And I think that's, that's something that I think footballers even now, maybe, I mean, going from what people are saying is, it is happening where you, you can talk about anything you want in football but when it comes to your mental health that is a tricky it's a bit of a gray area because it depends what gets fed back to um the manager um and sometimes that's when I think we even know from our members some of them say their husbands speak to an external person like an external psychologist or an ex- uh, external therapist because they feel like they need that little bit of st- a step away from football um but yeah I think there definitely needs to be more focus on the families because they're the ones that ultimately are helping the players um settle in and be able to go out and perform week on week so it's definitely we, we definitely see the wives and partners as a huge part of that um the support system for a player 
It really is. And, and quite often, you know, we're mums ourselves and we're learning as we go along too. So, and like you say, we're the support system at home for the players. So um, it would be nice to to stretch that to the families and wives as well. Yeah, yeah. For sure, yeah. Um, when we've, we've obviously mentioned several times about um, Matty's injury. Um, and obviously, whilst we hear a lot about how um, retirement affects a player directly, less is spoken about the experience of wives and partners. Um, when a player is forced to retire early due to a career-ending injury, it undoubtedly changes relationship and the dynamics of those close to them. Um, what we don't always see is the, rec- uh, the heightened pressure of wives and partners. Like you have to be the one that's living at home with them, handling the, all this change in their situation from being a footballer to then not being a footballer. Um, when it comes to something like um, a player retiring early, particularly through medical negligence, um, how was that for you? Did you feel like as a wife, um, there was a huge responsibility on your shoulders to get him through that challenging time? Um, I mean, ultimately, you're both going through that journey together but how did you feel did you feel there was a huge responsibility absolutely I I mean in a marriage you know you you of course want to to help your partner when they're going through a difficult time um like you say it did feel like we were both going through it together um but you know when 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 Matt's career is something all all we've ever known was football so for us it was like a, a daunting prospect um going into the unknown of how do we move forward from here? Um, you don't expect at Matt's age that, that it was going to be taken away so soon. Um, and of course, comes with that all, all other thoughts about, well, what's he going to do? And, um, you know, um, th- th- there's a gap there that's never filled because you, how do you replace the feeling of, of, of what these footballers get week in, week out, but, you know, playing for crowds? it's very difficult and it, and it was a huge weight on my shoulders um we are very lucky that we we are very close to our family um but you know you also notice that very sadly sometimes friends that perhaps you thought were your friends when it all comes to an end uh, aren't necessarily there and I think Matthew found that very difficult to accept as well that perhaps sometimes people are there for the good times and not necessarily so much the difficult times um, so that was hard to accept as well. Yeah, that's that's really sad. And a lot of players do feel like that, that almost when you step away from football, f- football forgets you. And yes, if that includes absolutely. friends or fans or anything, it is, that is that's really hard. It's a huge identity loss. Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of change as well. And I mean, it, you kind of answered this already, but it's obviously a really emotional time for the whole family when the player loses their career. But specifically how did you personally cope during the devastated time like who supported you I honestly this question I've sort of sat and thought about and it I think I was in survival mode I honestly think I I look back and I think I I actually think I was just in survival mode of looking after four children and literally just getting through each day making sure Matthew was okay trying to pick him up and uh, and just surviving and trying to take his mind off things with the children and, and obviously children have events at school and things like that and trying to involve them as best you can but you can just see behind like you say a lost an identity loss basically um and th- that was just so crushing but 
I, I still think we we are still recovering from it. You know, it's it's still something that I think, wow, we 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 just got through it. But you know, when we when you talk about it and process it, um, yeah, I don't there wasn't really yet the, the support mm. for for us. No, yeah. there's yeah. that whole fight or flight thing, isn't there? It's it funny is because we yeah we have we have said that before, and I think a lot of the time you do get through something and go oh my God, we went through that and yeah. we got through it. Like, wow, how did we do that? You look back sometimes later yeah. and go, wow, that was intense. That was a really yeah. bad time. Um, it's only after the event that you can go, oh, absolutely, yeah, that was really yeah. bad. Um, yeah. But then you, you know, you live to tell the tale, don't you? Barrington, speaking um, about you, because we'd love to have you <laughs> finally be able okay, to come sure. and chat because we could chat all day with, with Charlotte. Um, for most players, a career ending injury is the ultimate fear. It's a the life-altering horror they all dread, but sadly it does it does occasionally happen. To suffer a huge injury as Matty did, and what you would, I don't know, presume would be the best treatment and care after, how and why was Matty left in this situation that he had to then retire through injury that was potentially like a, a negligent situation? Yeah, I think, look, we all know that injuries are a common place in, in football. It's, it's a risk for the player, you know, when they step onto the training pits or, or ground or, or when they step onto the pit ropes for a match. Um, injuries do happen. It's part of the game. What shouldn't be part of the game really is medical negligence. You know, players who are injured should receive the best medical care available. And there is a lot of medical care at, at within football clubs. You know, in, in large clubs, you've, you've got multiple physiotherapists, team doctors, all sorts of clinicians. You know, a player should expect the best possible care. So what, what Charlotte has described there and, and, and many players and, and families go through, you know, career-ending injuries, whilst that is difficult to accept because, you know, it's, it's a loss of a player's dream and, and it affects the family um, and, and friends, as mentioned, I think it's even more difficult to accept um, a player's career being taken away because of someone else's fault. That, for me, is, is a real difficult situation for anyone to deal with. You know, as I just said, players do accept that injuries happen, and it can be a career-ending injury. Um, but but for the medical treatment to cause this is, is a whole different situation. And that is where players come to me. In I don't see the good times. I, I see the difficult times, and, and really... We, we become a family when, when dealing with these claims because what, what we're trying to do is, is, is deal with this mess that they've been left in as a family. So it's more than the injury physical, it's, it's psychological uh, and, and the, you know, the other consequences such as the financial losses, et cetera, just the whole change of lifestyle. Um, so thinking about, um, I won't speak about Matthew's specific case, but um, when a player does suffer an injury, you know, the number one thing should be really an early diagnosis. And lots of the cases I deal with, and I've specialised with this for five years, a lot of these cases would never have come around if a club uh, had arranged, for example, an MRI scan. Um, and lots of players I speak to um, just say, look, this is all I wanted. Had I had a scan, you know, maybe I would have had the appropriate physiotherapy, rehabilitation treatment or surgery but I didn't. I didn't have a scan for a month, two months, three months, six months. But during this time was continued, 
continuously selected to play in matches and, and, and training several times a week. And what happens? The injury gets worse. And that's the worst situation really to find yourselves in because all, all that's happening then is you're just being selected uh, for the next match. No one's thinking about life after football. And, and, and the players who I represent, who I advise on a daily basis, you know, some of these are really young, late 20s, early 30s, and struggle to even pick up their children, you know, physically, you know, from nursery, can't pick them up in the air or anything. You know, it's, it's about life outside of football, not football. So sorry to sort of drag that out, but it's more to me than, than just getting on the, on the, you know, on the pit um, each weekend or whatever it might be. It is about the long-term effects of these, these injuries. Yeah, that's something we, we come across a lot is the duty of care. Like, who does that lie with? And, and it, it seems to be almost like nobody's problem because the club is thinking about day to day and it, the duty of care always seems to come back home. It's always the family that they're thinking about the future. And that's why we started this site because it's usually the wives and partners who are the ones who are like thinking big picture while everyone around the player is just thinking about the game and the, yeah. but one of the, um, as Maddie was your client, Barrington, um, you advise players and families on their legal options when a player is unhappy with medical treatment from a club or doctor. So what's the first step a player needs to do if they're unhappy with the medical treatment from a club or doctor? Yeah, I think Charlotte raised a really good point about sort of welfare officers. And in an ideal world, mm-hmm. they would be, you know, fantastic. But But there is always this factor you know are these welfare officers really independent or are they speaking to the manager you know and so there's always a trust issue for players and families so who can a player really trust you'd hope they'll be able to trust the medical staff um so if a player you know does have an ongoing problem to be able to speak to their 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 physical therapist their 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 um their medical team um, of course, speak to your family, and 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 that's what I'm seeing, and and this is why we are involved as a partnership because wise partners really are important, um, particularly when you when you must consider the, the mental health aspects of injuries. Um, can a player trust their agent if they can speak to the agent? Get somebody from the outside outside involved to try and put pressure on a club to carry out these investigations. I go back to something such as an MRI scan. Mm. Something that's something quite small that, that may cost a couple of hundred pounds, but actually could save someone's career if, if they do pick up, you know, other, other problems. Um, the one thing I would say and advise um, those listening is that is to document everything, because that's one thing we're finding. Not everything is going in, in the club's medical notes. So if a player does have a problem, does tell the club, there's no guarantee the club are actually reporting this. So it's a good idea for the players to keep their own medical notes, um, you know, just a diary, because you just you just do not know what's going to happen, um, whether you will receive the medical treatment that 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 you should really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite scary to hear all that because you think, well, is there an element of the pressure of getting a player back that a club isn't necessarily doing everything it can? It's doing like it's almost like trying to put a you know, plaster over something to temporarily get you through. That's, that's, I mean, I know that definitely happened years ago, 
um, you know, getting a player through to the end of a game or getting through a player through to the end of a season and then you deal with the injury. But that's quite, you know, it's quite worrying. When we go back to um, you looking after like um, the families and, and them being your client with a sports injury claim, what financial losses would be included in compensation? Um, is it just to cover the loss of their future earnings or is there more financial implications to consider such as um, their pension or medical bills, et cetera? Yeah, I think, look, if a player has suffered a threatening injury as a result of medical negligence, there are really three options. One, if you have it, then you know you can perhaps claim on your career-ending insurance um, policy. Uh, I'll, I'll deal with that. The second is the, the PFA financial support. And the third, um, as we're speaking about, is a, a sports injury legal claim. With regards to career-ending insurance, those who have it or have applied for it will know that that will cover you for the period of your contract only. So if you so you may you may get a, a payout that will cover you for say five months, and that will not last forever, as we know. The PSA financial support it does change, but you know they may pay for things like medical treatments. But again, it, it does have a cap. It, it, it is good. It, it is there, but it does it won't cover you for the rest of your life or, or working career. With a legal claim, yes, we do look at your past loss of earnings, so what you were earning at the time of the injury or negligence, and also looking at your future loss of earnings. And that is the biggest part of a legal claim. It's not just looking at what you would earn from the time of the injury or negligence until your football retirement at, let's say, 35. It's looking at life after football. What did the player have? planned for, for life after the, the professional game. So have they already started their UA for badges to become a coach, scouting, media? We're seeing quite a few players now who are training to be financial advisors. You know, I'm giving work experience to the players who want to transition to become a lawyer. You know, various options and, or PE teachers, whatever it might be. If the negligence has prevented that, then we need to look at what the, the player would have earned from the age of 35 until you know 66 the retirement age and that's that's when we are dealing with you know high value and complex cases so yes it is loss of earnings but it's it's looking at what you would have earned until you actually retire um another part of it in addition to loss of earnings a, a medical bills medical treatments if, if the player requires surgery um for physical injuries but also psychological treatment, you know, Charlotte put on, on mental health aspects earlier, you know, that is also a part of it. You, you know, a player may need to go in and speak to a, a psychologist or, or, or whatever, and that would help the family dynamic the home. So that could be included as well. There is also something which is worth speaking about for your members which is involved in a legal claim, which is care and assistance. So if a player is injured and I don't know the circumstance of, of everyone's home, but if let's say a player finishes training, goes home, does the washing up, cooks the lunch, the dinner, picks the kids up from school, that's part of their everyday routine. But then a wife or partner has to then pick up those tasks. You know, a wife and partner will be paid by the court on an hourly basis for that, if that makes sense. So it's the same as it's the same as getting in private care, for example. Mm. So the court will apply something like I don't know, nine or twelve pounds an hour, but that could be over 
two, three years. So again, it's a very big reward that would be paid to the to the wife or partner. So there are various financial losses, even if you had to get in a gardener, buy a, a new car, for example, an automatic if you're unable to change the gears. You know, all these things are included in claims. You look at the, the sort of holistic approach when we're thinking about legal claims. Yeah. And and for your services, how much does it cost to have someone like you in their corner fighting for these? Yeah, as I've explained, when uh, a, a player instructs me, um, it, it is at the most difficult time. It's at the, the, the darkest time probably in their life when they're going through this. Um, and because of that, you know, we created a funding package on a no-win, no-fee basis. So in other words, we, my firm, Stuart, we take the financial risk. Mm-hmm. Now, these cases, you know, they don't settle over the night. If, if they are successful, it can take a few years. So what we've also created is uh, a preliminary investigation package. So if a, if a player comes to me, so for example, this morning, a, a, a championship player instructs me via Instagram. And the first thing I would do is say, let's go get your medical records. Um, let's get a barrister, a QC. Let's get an independent medical expert. And I can then give you the answer as to if I think you've got a successful case. So in other words, don't invest all the time emotion into a full case let's first just carry out a a, a, a light investigation mm-hmm. and within three to six months i'll be able to say look i, I think you'll win this case and, and we did that with 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 Matty, and it was it was a way for us to sort of accelerate what we think will happen at the other end of the case rather than rather than wasting everyone's time really but the fact is mm-hmm. we take the emotional um or the financial risk in in, in investigating these cases yeah i mean as you brought in um charlotte there barrington so charlotte you when we talk a lot about in football how the partner is on the journey with the footballer um with that whole legal journey that you went on with barrington um i guess obviously you never expected that to happen with his throughout his career but with the legal case following the injury did it affect you both like was like, and how did Barrington help and support you? Like, was it a real stressful time for both of you? Um, like Barrington said, it, 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 you are in your darkest place, um, you know, and it, it's an incredible, incredibly dark time. However, we both felt so passionate that he'd been wronged, you know, and he'd had he'd been mistreated. So, you know, the the hope that, that we would have justice and justice would prevail from it kept us going. And and to have Barrington as that beacon of light on the end of the phone to speak to, you know, he, he became our friend and, and he, it, it was almost like you, you survived for this and this gave us a focus and you know, not just for ourselves, but as we've said time and time again, to raise awareness for other players too, because that was something we both felt so incredibly passionate about because Matthew won't be the first or the last for this to happen to. So if if it just helps one other person, then that's brilliant. But I'm, I'm hoping it will help a lot more people um, to, to pursue something if they feel they haven't had the correct treatment because these clubs owe it to their players and to their players' families. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I just wanted to add there, in addition to Charlotte, is one of the first questions I sort of get asked is from a player, let's say a current Premier League player and their family, if we sit down and speak about a potential case, 
they will always say, has anyone else done this? But when they do their research and they see, you know, masking solid papers come up by the press, they're able to actually get an insight. And that's why this podcast is incredibly important for, for families out there. Um, the, these cases are run uh, with complete discretion. You know, they're not always in the public. It's Scarlett and Matt who have taken the brave step to, to, to tell their story. Because as Scarlett said to that, they can hopefully prevent this happening to any other family because it, it, it is truly devastating. And, um, and and I felt very proud of Scarlett and Matt to be able to, to come out and speak about this. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, I've done this for five years and I've ne- I, this is my first ever podcast because the way that I operate with players is purely on trust um, and, and discretion. So it, it's not in the public domain and, you know, and really respect Massey and, and Scarlett for doing this. Yeah, I mean, from our experience running this site for five years now, we've had many people privately DM us about very similar situations. And so we know how impactful this will be to them. Um, uh, For some people, it will be they now know what to do and what the first steps are to take. And for others, it will just simply be feeling that they're not alone in this, these feelings and stuff. And, and that's massive. So we can't thank you enough for for sharing all this with us. Um, Barrington, one one of the things I asked Charlotte earlier was about the huge impact, um, you know, mental health has on a player when they're injured. Um, Do you feel like football clubs recognize this? What's your perspective on that? My answer is is no, because, but that's because I, I represent, you know, a lot of footballers who who are having problems either with their club or with independent medical advisors. So, as I said, I see the worst case scenarios. Uh, I think there's a lot more to do. Um, I think players, families do need to raise more awareness. And, and, and this is a real huge step forward. Um, but I think there is a lot more to learn. Um, I think, uh, you know, hopefully clubs will, will remind themselves of their duty of care towards players and families and 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 start identifying a really you know useful idea for a welfare officer and in the, I, I really am behind that idea um and and first get the top level you think there is enough money in the game to be able to do that yeah um even someone who's a contractor whatever it might be or speak to families who have gone through this you know uh, as to ideas of, of what they can do um but yeah my answer overall is i, I think there's a lot more to do Uh, to protect players and families yeah we touched on this a little bit earlier about the whole pressure in if you're injured like getting back like to playing and stuff but I think just speaking to obviously I know that my husband when my husband played there was a lot of like the whole they used to just inject you and stuff and like like to get you through the season um I hope like fortunately the days when players were hurried back into action too quickly or expected to play with multiple painkilling injections that cause that potentially could cause long-term damage are largely gone um as is the idea of being shunted off into the sidelines we know Matty has shared he felt pressured into playing do you think nowadays there are players still pressured into playing um whilst injured or do you do and who is that pressure coming from because sometimes I think 
knowing football as as well as I do, I think sometimes a player can put that pressure on themselves um, because they're desperate to play. Like players have that burning desire to get out and play. It's a, it's a passion, you know, money aside, they just want to play. That's their dream. Sometimes it's um, a fan's opinion, like, you know, like, oh my God, he was already injured. And they said that, you know, that they might press you again. It could be a manager. Do you think that pressure is still there um, that it once was, or is it slightly different? Oh, well, it's absolutely still there. Uh, if anything, I would argue it's, it's probably getting worse. Um, but I would really endorse what you said, which is that actually it's not always the clubs putting the pressure on the player. It's the, the player could put pressure on themselves. You know, they could be wanting, you know, just more game time for various reasons. But the reason I think this is a slight grey area is because if a club are well aware the player is injured, Mm-hmm. By allowing the player to play, from from my perspective as a sports injury lawyer, it puts the club in real difficulty from a liability position. Because uh, and and we have this in an ongoing case where a club are well aware players injured, but select him in the squad when the medical staff have said he can't play. Independent surgeon has said he cannot play. Yet manager has selected him to play. And during the game, suffers a further injury. You know, when you when you strip it back, whose fault is that? Is it the player who wants to play, or is it the club, the manager who has selected him to play? Because the player could want to play, but the only way he gets his opportunity is if he's selected. So I, I have real difficulty with with a club saying, "Well, the player wanted to play." I I, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a definitely a, a grey area, and you, you like you said. The, the, knowing I suppose it's like a child like you know a child can want something and it's up to the parent to know if that's the right thing for the child in the long term and actually a club you know you could have a player going oh no no, I feel fine like it feels great it feels great to run on it Uh, but actually it's your responsibility because that's your asset to go no no we need to protect you as our asset in the long term rather than the short term just because that's what something you want to do um yeah yeah, it's very hard, isn't it? Especially when these these are grown men <laughs> telling you, I feel fine. Um, yeah. Um, Charlotte, when a playing career ends prematurely, it can be hard for the whole family, as we've talked about, to come to terms with this because there is like a huge grieving process to go through, which involves many different emotions. Um, and it's a complete change of lifestyle from what you knew to, to now what is. As a family, was it hard to adjust to the new normal? And how has it been now you're a few years down the line? Any words of wisdom, I guess, for those who are probably <laughs> in the start, middle, or have this journey? Um, well, the biggest thing is is that highlight. It's, it's, it's the missing that highlight of, of going to see him play and when he, if he does well or the team win and, and those incredible highs that are very difficult to replicate in, in a... Uh, I don't want to say normal life, but you know, uh, um, for want of a better word, mm-hmm. <laughs> a normal life, you know. So that I would say is is kind of irreplaceable. Um, yeah. But uh, and for me, it would be getting the, the children, the younger children, have to now go on YouTube to see him play, um, which you know you feel that's been stolen a little bit from them if, if this hadn't happened to Matthew. But, you know, I'm a kind of a, a glass half full kind of girl. And I, I always say you have to be grateful for the time that you were given this 
there's millions of little boys that would love to be a professional footballer. So we're forever grateful that Matthew had that opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's sort of our way of, of looking at it. And, and it's gave us a, a great stepping stone to go on with our lives. Um, and, and you've always got those memories that can never be taken away. Um, and I think every day is a healing day. And, um, you know, Matthew um, now scouts and, and he enjoys that incredibly. He loves the analysis side of it. So he, he loves that. He coaches our 10 year old son who's into football um, and his team. So that, that again, he, he lives through him and uh, he, he's really passionate about his football and um, so, yeah, we're getting there. We are really getting there. But, um, you know, moments like this, and I'm, I'm so grateful for you asking me to be on because it really, really uh, gives me great pleasure to, to try and fly the flag and raise awareness for this. So um, this also helps me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really nice. And that you're so right. That whole transition of what, what for whatever reason a, reti- a player retires, that whole transition is a slightly... Um, strange time for anybody um, for the children knowing that their dad isn't a footballer anymore there's a a difference in like your weekly um, normal and um, yeah it it takes a little bit of time just to you know some players actually really love the thought of retirement you know some people you know you can't say that everyone isn't you know devastated to to not to not play anymore some people look forward to it but there there is still like that transition period where just settling into what you know like what oh um this is what my wife gets up to now because I've been so fixated in my own career like oh this is what we do and this is the schedule of the kids and oh um you know this is when we can now have holidays and stuff like that so there is a bit of a yeah it's a bit of a a time to adapt isn't it Mm -hmm. um so all in all and you have kind of covered this already but all in all has Matty's case um been a step forward Barrington um for the future of player welfare do you think um it will contribute to clubs focusing more on player welfare and the duty of care owed by the football clubs to their players. I know you said that you have a lot of um, clients that you don't speak publicly about, but do you think Matt's case being in the public eye, has it changed things at all? I think, yeah, looking at it from two perspectives, one from the clubs and one from the players. From the players' perspective, um, it's, it's, it's almost educated players and raised awareness so that if there are, you know, footballers and football families out there who are suffering because of medical negligence and and were not aware that they actually have legal options available to them what Matthew tasted was was help to raise awareness in that regard and really educate people out there you know whether that was on LinkedIn or through the press as I said mainly through Instagram um, I had lots of uh, inquiries from from players and, and, and partners and wives as well as, as players saying, we didn't know we could do this. That's been the number one line that most people said, I didn't know we could do this. And I'm so grateful to read Matthew's story. And, and, and that's what I wanted to, to get across today. It really has been about educating players. Um, so from the club's perspective, I mean, clubs know, you know, they're keeping care of care what, what's owed to players. I think from, from my perspective it's mainly about representing players I almost see myself as representing the little man in these situations little man or woman um, in these situations against the big club and, and given that we are you know the UK's largest litigation only law firm we have the power to be able to do that and and most importantly 
on as I said, on a no win no fee basis. So we're taking the the, the financial risk in that regard. So the education's there. If we believe um, it's a viable case, then we will take it on and we will we will fight on behalf of the players and families. And you, and you do have to think of it like that um, because. When you're when you're an individual per- person, you're the player that you you feel like you're owed something. It's a personal thing. Whereas you're fighting against an industry, yeah, it's a club or 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 a doctor, but this is a personal thing. This is a personal thing for Charlotte and Matty, and it's yeah. their future. This this becomes a di- it's a different level when you're you know fighting a corporation versus um, someone's life, you know, personal life. So it's. It's yeah, amazing that you can help them with that. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the way to have that sort of, as Charlotte said earlier, you know, the three of us, Matt, Charlotte, and I have become friends. Uh, but that's probably because we were speaking on almost a daily basis. Um, and, and the only way that I'm able to do that is by limiting the amount of cases that I personally take on. So at any point, I would not represent more than, say, 10 to 15 players. Because as as Charlotte will well appreciate, these are very complex, difficult cases to run. Um, If I were the type of lawyer to to have 100 players, I just wouldn't be able to give that personal service. So we are growing a team who can, you know, where other lawyers can take on more. But the focus is on that real individual service because we know how important it is. It, it, It is almost the last roll of the dice when you're thinking about recovering the financial losses. And uh, and really, you know, winning a case that 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 you want to pursue, you know, it's very important that that we do it properly. Yeah. Um, Verity, do you think all players should prepare themselves for the possibility of having to unexpectedly retire for medical reasons during their playing career? Like you did, kind of touch on that. It's smart to keep, like maybe it's just good in general to keep a like diary of your medical history and keep all that documented because just to prepare, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this sort of touches on career ending insurance, which is mm-hmm. a, a different topic in, um, altogether. But it, it is, you know, from I, I deal with these cases every day. And my advice, but I'm not a financial advisor or insurer, but it would be to cover yourself with career ending insurance. Uh, and don't get me wrong, you know, Charlotte, I hope you don't mind me saying, but Matt did have career ending insurance in place. So for that peace of mind for... For the family mm-hmm. but as i said earlier it, it is limited it is restricted but it's certainly important to have in place mm-hmm. yeah and and charlotte from your experience and the challenges you've been through what do you and matty want other families in football to be aware of what what support would you like to see available for players and their families um i suppose i mentioned it um earlier on in in the podcast but just somebody there to support in any aspect of being in a footballing family, um, whether it's down to help being in a new area, being introduced to to other players in their families, um, just just the correct person to speak to, or even be aware if it, you know they might well have had these people, but we didn't we were never aware of this or were never told so. Um, it just needs to be more of a thing that, that is focused on in football clubs because it should be integral to the running of the club. It's integral to the performance of the players to have this happy, um, healthy mental aspect and to, to feel that um, you're cared for and that's so important. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, we, we can't thank you both enough for being on here. Like we, we said earlier, there's, we know that a lot of people are in this similar situation and struggling with injury and, and the partner sometimes feels like they're not sure what to do or, or how to feel or who to call on. So there's so much information that you've given that's going to help so many people. So we are really thankful for, for all your time and, and sharing so honestly. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.